You are beautiful. You are worthy. Your dreams were put on your heart for a reason. No matter what anyone else might think of you for following them. So stand up, stand tall, and stand proud. You were made to shine. Yo, what's up my peeps? Happy Sunday. Happy, happy, happy Labor Day weekend. It is a Saturday night. I'm coming at you. And man, I'm amped. I am amped. I just drank a Bia, my all-natural energy drink from my nutrition company. And I also just guzzled some water. We are just like hydration station over here. Um, And I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this episode. I actually, so it's so funny. And maybe some of you are going to judge me for this. But a few weeks ago, I realized, you know, when I hit my, my head on the pillow at night, and I am about to go to sleep. I feel like that's when, like, any idea from God or anything that I'm like, man, that would be a great podcast episode or that would be a great book idea or a great chapter or whatever, it always comes to me then. And so if y'all would laugh, if you looked at my text thread, you would think Annie Mayfield is like, if you didn't know me and, you know, you just randomly found my phone on the side of the street and you looked at my text thread, you would think Annie Mayfield is like my significant other or my mom or my like best friend or because I, yeah, that's, I text myself like all the time. Whenever I have an idea, which is often, I text it to myself and that's how I keep track of everything. And I, the other day I was like, I need a better system for this. So I went and got another journal and I keep it by my bed. And so now Anytime I have an idea, like I'll literally wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, that would be a really good idea. I'll just write it in my journal. So now I have this like sleep journal. And so the other night I was getting into scripture. I'm going through John right now. Um, before I go to bed, I read about 10 minutes and, and I was reading scripture on how Jesus walks on water. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, I was seeing it for the first time in a different light. And we've all heard this. We've all heard this passage. But today we are getting into the word, folks, because I think there is a word from God on leadership in something that he gave me a few nights ago when I was reading. And quick caveat, you know, I love the fact. I love the fact. You guys are so amazing on Instagram and and um, and Facebook. You know, send me messages on how these episodes help you. And it's funny because I've been getting into the word a lot more in this podcast and bringing the scripture to life and bringing it to be part of my messages. And one of the, the biggest things I, I've heard is like, oh, I just wish you would just do like, leadership episodes or like just do confidence episodes or do like not bring scripture into it and to me I'm like oh good night y'all y'all I don't mean to bring you to church on these podcast episodes but at the same time how I look at the scriptures is yes like it is the word of God it is also the best leadership book you can find in the world and The story of Jesus and how he led, regardless of your beliefs, it is almost unanimously claimed, like whether, you know, people believe he's a son or God or not, they know he is, he is a great leader. I mean, look what he did, you know, like he was alive hundreds of years ago and he has more followers today than Beyonce on Instagram. 
I mean, just from a leadership perspective, if you're looking to level up your leadership, which I know a lot of you are listening to this podcast, regardless of your beliefs, the word of God is the greatest, greatest leadership book in the world. And so my prayer is that regardless of your background, regardless of your faith, regardless of what you think, when you listen to these messages, you take from it an understanding that, you know, Jesus was a phenomenal leader and there is something to be said and learned from these scriptures from a leadership perspective, because I think the greatest leaders are the ones that lead with love. They lead with love and Jesus embodied that in every fiber of his being. And so my point to be conveyed here is that regardless of of your background, of your belief, I know you'll get something out of it because the Bible is the greatest leadership book of all time, of all time. So today we're going to be in, we're going to be in John. We're going to be in John, um, chapter, good night, chapter six, um, And I'm just going to read. It's just a few verses. I promise I'm not going to kill you over that head here with some verses. It's just 16 through 21. So I'm just going to read that real fast. And then we're going to dive in. Because you guys, there's just, oh my gosh, there's so much goodness. I was... I was literally like, oh my gosh, God, this is so cool. Because I've read this verse so many times. If you look at my Bible, I can, you can barely read it. There's so many annotations. But there was just some stuff that I saw that I'd never, I'd never thought of before. Okay, Jesus walks on water. You with me? You with me? Are we, are we together? You got me? Headspace in? Getting to the word of God? Okay, let's go. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Without Jesus, okay? They're in the boat. Without Jesus, they didn't wait for Jesus. They left. Soon, a gale swept upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles, but suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified. Why were they terrified? Hmm, interesting. Maybe every time we experience God, it's not a good cozy feeling. Maybe it's challenging us and sometimes we feel terrified. Okay, that's a side note. But he called out to them, don't be afraid. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat. Wait, they were just terrified. All of a sudden, they're ego, eager. Hmm, interesting. We'll talk about it. And immediately, they arrived at their destination. Oh, I'm so excited. And I pray that just these, these things that God showed me bless your life wherever you're at and whatever season you're walking through. Um, because we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the seasons of life, the good, the bad, the rough, the ugly, the hard, the, the hopeful, the amazing, the scary. We're going to talk about it all. So you guys, something that was so interesting to me when I first started reading was that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore and they waited for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come, they got in the boat and headed across the lake. So, okay, okay. They were waiting for Jesus. And then they were like, well, he's not coming. We're going to go. So what does that, what does that tell you? This is what I always think. I'm like, Hey, what does that tell me? If I was the disciples and I did that, what does that like implicitly say? Well, if I were to be waiting for someone and then I got in a bow and was like, man, they're not coming. I'm leaving. I guess in a way that would mean I felt I didn't need them to be in my boat. Because if, if I really felt like I needed them to be in my boat, to get across the lake, I never would have left without them coming 
right? Like, let, like, let's say like my dad, my dad is so good at so many things. So if my dad was a really good, um, like if my dad and I were going hiking, my dad is really good with directions. I'm horrible at directions. So if I was waiting for my dad to show up for us to go hiking, I wouldn't start the hike without him. Why? Because I know that I need him. It would only be if I felt confident enough to start the hike on my own to do it without him that I would leave without him. So there was a part of the disciples that felt like they didn't need him, that they could make it across the lake without him. And that's important because how many times in our life are we like, we're waiting for God. We're waiting for God to send the person that we think we need to marry. We're waiting for God to, to get us the money to start that business. We're waiting on God for a call, for a sign to tell us what to do. We're waiting on God for our breakthrough, to be in the movies, to be, to be famous. We're waiting on God. We're waiting on God for, for the, the pregnancy test to be positive. We're waiting on God. We're waiting on God. And then we get impatient. And then God takes a little too long. And all of a sudden, we think, well, well, I think I could make it across the lake without him. Well, well, you know, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know, like I know God has a person for me, but, but you know, there's this guy and yeah, sure. He doesn't treat me that great. And yeah, I do think he was like talking to the other girl last time we talked, but I'm just going to, you know, he's fine. He holds the door for me. I'm going to go date him. I know, I know God gave me that promise like to help me with my business, but you know what? It's just not happening. It's just not happening. So I'm going to give up on my dreams. I'm just not even going to work it on the side as I work my corporate job and I'm just going to live the rest of my life complaining and in 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 a rut. Because it's just not going to work. It works for some people, but not me. Yeah, I know. I know God called me and he said he'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me. But I feel like he has. And so I'm just going to walk away from this whole faith thing because it's just too hard. It's just too hard. And, and every time I fall, I feel like he doesn't come. And you know what? I'm just I'm done waiting. I'm just going to go. I think I got this. I got this. I've got my plan. I don't need his. I'm done waiting. And we live in such a culture where everything is so immediate. Everything is so quick and so fast. We live by instant gratification. We freak out when our Instagram doesn't load in 0.57 seconds. We freak out when our TikTok TikTok doesn't load in 32 seconds. We freak out when our internet connection, you know, takes, God forbid, like 52.678 seconds to load the, the article that we were trying to read. And so when God takes too long, we decide we're going to cross the lake ourselves. And that typically leads us to a situation that was worse than the one we started. Stephen Furtick calls this the second storm. The second storm. You know, bad news comes in. Your, your boyfriend cheated on you. And it hurts. And it, it's rough. And you feel it. And it's a storm. And you're tired of waiting on God. Like you're in so much pain and it's been weeks and the pain of what he did to you hasn't gone away. And you're tired of waiting on God to heal you and to make you feel better. And so you turn to the bottle, you start drinking and you, it's the only thing that makes you feel better. And so all of a sudden you're dependent on it to make you feel better. 
That's the second storm. And what happens is a lot of times things happen in our life. Life hits us in the face. It has us right in between the eyes. Instead of turning to the only one that can heal us and make us stronger for the storm, we create these secondary storms. We get fired from our job and we don't feel good enough. And the only thing that we know to make us feel better is to feel like if we're in control of something. And so we stop eating. We stop eating. We develop an eating disorder. The first storm was got let go of the job, but the second storm is the thing that we turn to to make us feel like we're in control. And that's what I see time over time over time again. It's the second storm. And so the disciples... They were waiting on Jesus. They were waiting on him to cross the boat. But they said, you know what? We got this. And they left without him. And they found themselves in a storm. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. Some of you are there right now. It's rough. You don't, you can't see straight. Things are blurry. Things are foggy. Rain is coming down. There are waves swarming all around you. You don't know. You don't know which direction you're headed in because you feel like life is just throwing you under. And sometimes people get stuck there because they guilt themselves so much. They know they didn't turn to God. They know they turned to the bottle. They know they turned to social media. They know they turned to controlling their their eating in a disordered way. They know this. And because of this, they don't even look up long enough to see Jesus walking towards them. They think that Jesus isn't going to come to their storm because they were the ones that selectively went into it. But guess what Jesus shows us in this? Even if you get yourself into the storm, the disciples took the boat. They didn't wait on Jesus. They put that boat straight in the lake and they went into the storm. That was their doing. But Jesus came to them. Jesus came to them. He came to them not when they got to the other side. Not when they got to their destination. He didn't come to them when the waves settled down. He didn't come to them when they were looking perfect and pristine and pretty and put together. He didn't come to them when they knew which way they were going. He didn't come to them when they had a map and a plan and it all figured out and everything went according to purpose. He came to them in the middle of the storm. He came to them when they had no idea where they were going. He came to them when they were scared. He came to them when they were doubtful. He came to them when they were fearful. He came to them after they thought they could handle it on their own and they got themselves stuck in a storm because of their arrogance he came to them in the middle of that it said Jesus was walking on the water toward the boat toward the boat and the other thing that just it just hit me the disciples had rowed three to four miles a long way if you've ever rode I mean I've been to Orange Theory and I'll tell you I mean good lord rowing a mile's tough three to four these disciples were tired they were tired they were in a storm that they got themselves into and they were tired and this brings me to tears because they weren't confident they weren't strong 
They weren't at their best state. They weren't in their peak condition. They were in a storm that they got themselves into and they were tired. Jesus meets you in your tired state. He meets you in your weak state. He meets you at the place that you never think it's going to get better. He meets you in the place where you're exhausted of just being exhausted. You're exhausted of life overwhelming you so much that you feel like you're drowning and you don't even know where you're going. The world, the world says, get your act together and then people will help you. Help yourself and then people will help you. Jesus says, I'm here to help you despite your external conditions. I'm here to help you. I know you're tired. I know you're in a storm. And I know you got yourself into that storm because you didn't wait on me. And even then, I'm coming towards you because he leaves the 99 to find the one that needs him. That's your God. That's Jesus. And they were terrified. They were terrified. They were tired and they were terrified. But he called out to them, don't be afraid. I am here. Sometimes when life gets so hard and when life gets to be in a way where you never feel good enough, And it's like you're going and you're rowing and you're rowing and you're rowing. But as hard as you row, just the more exhausted you become and the less progress you feel like you're making. You know, you're a single mom and you're trying to raise those kids and you're trying to make them be great men and great women. But you just, you feel like no matter what you do, it's not good enough. And those fears, they keep, those voices in your head, they keep telling you you're not enough. They keep telling you you're a mistake. They keep telling you you're never going to do it. You're never going to raise those children right. You're never good enough just as you are. You're a student in college and you're being tempted by every which way. You're trying to walk right with God, but you got your friends telling you, no, go have sex, go sleep with those people. It's normal. It's regular. Go party, go drink. Oh my God, you're upset. Go drink. It makes you feel better. Go smoke these things. I promise you're so uncool. You're not doing that. And the temptation is real and you feel alone sometimes and you feel isolated sometimes. You're just out of college and you're in a new city and you feel alone and you have a new job that you don't feel passionate about. You don't feel like it's your calling, this crazy word that everybody's talking about nowadays. And you're like, I don't even know what my calling is. And I feel alone. I don't even feel like I have any friends. And when the people I do hang out with, I don't feel like I can be my real self with them. And even though I'm with people, I feel lonelier than ever. And it's scary and you're tired and you're exhausted. And sometimes when life gets so hard and life slaps you in the face so much, when a good thing is introduced to you, you don't even recognize it. When light is shown in the darkness of your life, of your storm, it scares you because it's not normal. When relief comes your way in the form of a person, a partner, an opportunity, it freaks you out because it's not familiar. Because you have told yourself a story that the only things that come to you in life come in the form of storms. And that becomes your new normal. And so we sell ourselves a bill of goods that we're not good enough for anything good. 
We're not good enough for anything joyful. We're not good enough for anything that gives us provision and nourishment and safety and honor. Because a storm is our baseline of normal. The disciples were so clouded by the storm. They were so exhausted that when Jesus was walking towards them, they were terrified. They didn't even recognize him. And sometimes we get so used to bitterness, resentment, envy, jealousy, that when God shows himself to us in whatever form, we don't even recognize him and we're terrified of it. And just look at this. When the disciples realized it was him, they were eager to let him in the boat. Wow. So the disciples started in this journey as individuals that thought they didn't need Jesus in the boat. They thought they'd be fine. They got themselves into a storm. And when Jesus met them, they were eager to let them in the boat. What changed? Yeah, the storm happened. But I think something changed internally much more important. The disciples realized, I can't do this without Jesus. I need him in my boat. I need him in my boat. I need him in this with me. I need him in the boardroom. I need him in my meetings. I need him when I walk into work every day. I need him in my writing. I need him in my speaking. I need him in my preparing. I need him at family dinner. I need him in my relationship. I need him when I go to to dinner at night with friends. I need him when I go out to, to the bar with coworkers. I need him in my studies. I need him at the gym. I need him when I'm on the couch watching Netflix, scrolling on my laptop. I need him when I'm at Barnes and Noble picking out which book to read. I need him in my boat. And you can look at the storms in your life as these things that detract you from success, or you can look at them as opportunities for God to humble you so that you understand you need Jesus in your boat. You need him in your boat. Because isn't it such the human message that you can muscle your way to your destination? And I think sometimes that's where we get following Jesus wrong. That's why we get Christianity wrong. We think God gives us a destination and it's our job to get there. That's not the message of Jesus. If that was the message of Jesus, he never would have walked to those disciples on the water in the boat on their way to the lake. That passage would have read, Jesus said, go across the lake. Disciples, figure it out. And a lot of us live our lives that way. We think God's called us to write a book. We think God's called us to speak. We think God's called us to a job. We think God's called us to have a certain family. We think God's called us to a relationship. We think God's called us to a friendship. We think God's called us to teach, to be a lawyer. And, and we 
muscle our way. We row our way by ourselves and we think we're alone and we think it's up to us. It's if it's meant to be, it's up to me and I've got to go and go and go. And that is not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is God has a purpose for your life. Yes, he has a destination for you, but he's also in this moment. He is in every stroke of your row with you. He's in your boat. Let him in your boat. You need him in your boat. You're not going to get to the destination he has for you without him in your boat. You're going to end up exhausted. You're going to end up in a storm. You need him in your boat, not because you're not going to experience storms, but because you need him with you when you do. Not because bad things aren't going to happen, but but because you need his strength with you when they do. The disciples needed Jesus in their boat. And I think what Jesus was trying to teach them and us a hundred years later by reading that is that we should be eager to have Jesus in our boat. We should be eager to have Jesus in the boardroom, in the books, in the interviews, in the work that we do. I'm telling you from personal experience, my life changed when I started praying without ceasing. For this is the will of God concerning your life. Give thanks in all things and pray without ceasing. I pray all the freaking time. Literally, before I cold call people, I pray. Before I walk into a meeting with my colleagues, I pray. Before I give my forecast, I pray. Before I call a coworker, before I lead a nutrition business meeting, before I write a chapter in my book, before I give an interview, I pray because I know I need Jesus in my boat. I need him in my boat. I don't want to just get to my destination and celebrate with him there. I need him every step of the way because I'm not going to get there without him. And I need to ask you today, my friends, my leaders, my people, just trying to live the best life that you can. Are you eager for him to be in your boat? Got to let him in your boat. And it might be scary at first because it means you got to give up some control, but it also means you can be assured in the fact that you're not alone and that the hand of God is on your life and there's a bigger hand writing your story. So even if there's chapters you wish could be edited out, it doesn't matter because he uses it all. He uses all things for the good of those that love and serve him. And so he uses all your chapters, the chapters that say I'm not good enough, the chapters that say it'll never work, the chapters that say I don't have it figured out, the chapters that say I will will never be anything. I'm not as good as her. I'm not as good as him. He uses all those chapters to write a story that's worth saying, but you got to let him in the boat. I love you. I do. My fellow sister, brother, whoever you are, I don't know, but I have so much love for you. And that thing God put on your heart, whatever that is to be, to be a veterinarian, to be a writer, to be a speaker, a lawyer, a coach, a tennis player, a professor. I don't know, but I know that it's special and I know that it's unique. But I know that you don't have to muscle your way through it. You're going to be tired. You're going to get into storms, but let Jesus in your boat. And you'll get there with a lot less frustration and a lot less emptiness. And I pray that you hear these words and that you take them. And that that spirit, that thing in your heart, it moves. 
that it opens up to the possibility that maybe I don't have to do this alone. I don't have to muscle myself through rowing mile by mile by myself. And that it's okay if I didn't wait on him before. It's okay if I made mistakes. It's okay if I got into storms. I just got to let him in my boat. I got to let him in my boat. Despite external condition, Jesus has got you. And that's what he wants to see in your heart. He's much more concerned with your internal condition. I'm sending you love. Hey friend, thanks so much for listening all the way through. The fact that you did says so much about your willingness and curiosity to get into your personal development and growth. You guys, if this episode touched you and your spirit in any way, I pray that you share with two friends that you think would really find value in this. This is how these messages get around. And I know I personally just really appreciate when a friend thinks of me when they listen to something and think that I'll find value in it as well. Also, if you find so willing, please tag to your Instagram stories and make sure to tag Annie B. Mayfield. At the end of every month, I will be doing a drawing from everyone that is posted on their Instagram stories for a $50 Amazon gift card. You guys, I appreciate and love you all so much. Have an amazing day.